I'm back. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio, right here on Republic Broadcasting with your host, the one and only James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And it has been a lengthy few weeks indeed, hasn't it? It's been a long time since we've had this little chat chat of ours here on Corbett Report Radio. So it is great to be back. It is truly great to be back, back home here in Japan. And it's a little less ironic each time I say that. It really does feel like coming home after my uh, three-week vacation. So uh, thank you uh, one and all for tuning in once again for Corbett Report Radio. And right as uh, as you may have known, as uh, I'm sure some of my guest hosts may have mentioned, I was away on vacation in Europe for the last three weeks, visiting some of my extended family in the UK. And then since it was my wife's first ever trip to Europe, we uh, spent some time in France and Italy. So it was quite an interesting little vacation and uh, lots of just little... Um, Little interesting anecdotes, I suppose, to relate, but probably nothing too interesting, although I will share the interesting little graffiti that I saw in Pisa in Italy that was, uh, it was just, it, all it said was Bastardi Speculatori, which uh, you don't have to be exactly uh, literate in Italian to know what that means. But uh, interesting little nuggets like that, of course, playing out in Europe as uh, the European disintegration continues apace. And of course, that was something that was on the tips of many tongues while I was there in Europe, although it was not really a vacation for uh, for doing work or for doing anything related to the website or for uh, or even for really keeping in touch with anything. In fact, it was a vacation in which I was able to more or less unhook from the Matrix and didn't even so much as check my email for three weeks, which is actually quite a feat in this day and age. So, of course, when I got back last night, uh, what was waiting for me in my inbox, but 444 emails precisely. So I've been digging myself out from under that avalanche of uh, emails and correspondence. So I, I, I've been doing my best to try to respond to the people who needed a response, but uh, I was uh, quick on the delete key, shall we say, with some of the uh, the emails. So if you did send me something in the meantime that you uh, would you think I may have missed and we'd like to bring back to my attention, of course, you can email me once again through the website, CorbettReport.com, and I'll do my best to get back in touch with you as I get gradually back online and gear things up. So you'll notice in the next few weeks, or next few days, I should say, we'll start getting back online with uh, new videos and reports and all of that. And the podcast will be returning to its regular Monday schedule as of next week. So gradually getting back back into the swing of things here. Although I must admit, I am still pretty much out of the loop in terms of news and what's been going on in my absence. I didn't really have internet access at all to speak of while I was away just once or twice. So I wasn't really able to follow the developments of Bilderberg or the developments of the NATO or the G8 meeting or any of that. So it'll all be interesting for me to, uh, to catch up on in the next couple of days here as I immerse myself once again in all of this. But first and foremost, let me just uh, throw out some thank yous that I think are well-deserved in my absence. First of all, once again, thank you to each and every one of you all for tuning back into the program tonight. It really is great to have you back here and to be back on the air with you all. And uh, secondly, I'd like to extend a heartfelt and wholehearted thank you to the guest hosts who were holding down the fort, uh, so to speak, here on the broadcast while I was away. I haven't had a chance to listen to much of, uh, of those broadcasts yet, just the first couple. And I will be gradually putting them on the website, CorbettReport.com, over the next several hours. So that will uh, all be updated and 
I guess by the time you're uh, hearing this, uh, if you're downloading the uh, the podcast uh, at a later date, uh, you, it should be up by then. But at any rate, in the next several hours, I'll be getting those all up on online. And finally, I'd also like to thank you to all of, all of the subscribers who have uh, held out with me during the few weeks off and all of those who purchased a DVD in my absence. Of course, I was not able to fulfill those DVD orders while I was away, but I will be getting them out in the next few days. And on the note of a DVD, well, there's something to uh, keep in mind. We're going to be actually giving out some free DVDs later on in the program, so stay tuned for that. Right now, let's take our first break, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes to continue Corbett Report Radio. President Jimmy Carter. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. As I was going over in that first segment there, I am back from vacation and back and re-energized and ready to go and to continue this uh, enterprise that is the Corbett Report and all of the work that I'm doing there, the articles, the interviews, the videos, and, of course, this very radio show. So once again, thank you all for tuning back in to CorbettReport.com. Thank you for bearing with me in my absence and bearing with me in the next few days as I get back online and start to uh, get things in order here. And uh, you may have noticed that the website was down there for a day or two. I've been having some server problems recently, but uh, that should be sorted out now. And hopefully we won't be having too many more of those glitches in the near future. But, of course, uh, if there is, I'll be, of course, working quietly behind the scenes to get things fixed as quickly as possible. And if there ever is a problem with the server, I will do my best to keep people updated on Twitter. So, you, of course, you can always follow the proceedings at twitter, twitter.com slash Corbett Report. And, of course, you can also use the, my Twitter feed to uh, to tweet me any comments, questions, or anything else. And if you tweet, tweet me during the program, I'll do my best to answer your questions on air. But having said all of that, I would like to get into the meat and potatoes, the real thrust of today's uh, broadcast, which is... In fact, a celebration, a celebration of five years of the Corbett Report. And for those of you who are keeping track at home, yes, this week marks the fifth anniversary of the Corbett Report, which aired its very first ever podcast back on June 1st of 2007. And if it is, uh, if it's interesting for you out there to hear that, it is staggering for me to think that five years ago this week I started what became the Corbett Report and all of the various uh, work that I've been doing there, which I could not have even begun to imagine when I first set pen to metaphorical paper, so to speak, on the Corbett Report. It is quite an incredible journey so far for me personally, and I hope, at the very least, an educational one for some of you out there. And uh, and on that note, I mean, it, it's certainly not something that I, I dwell on, but it is something that when I step back and take a look at the Corbett Report and what I've managed to accomplish on the website, I'm quite staggered myself that I've been able to accomplish this, because it's a point that I often make and will make here once again, that it was never, ever my intention or even something that I had even thought about to start a website, let alone to start a website with all of the various aspects that the Corbett Report has or to become some sort of online media entity 
was never, ever my intention, never something I thought about, never something I thought I would get involved with. It is something that I have been led to one way or another. Really, as uh, I'm sure many of you know by now, 9-11 Truth was really my entree into this world of hidden facts and hidden uh, alternative histories, suppressed history, that really got me started on this uh, this voyage. And it's one that has led me to some pretty pretty amazing places and speaking to and even working with, having the honor to work with people that really uh, I couldn't have even imagined when I first started getting into all of this, working with people like Sabelle Edmonds and Bob Chapman and and Richard Grove and, and some of these other people who uh, really were some of the people who really spurred me on and got me interested in all of this in the first place. So it is a pleasure and an honor to be here with all of you on this broadcast, speaking once again around the world to people in so many different countries that I've heard from over the years. And that really brings me, as, as well as my absence, my three-week vacation, and being really disconnected from not only the Matrix, but also from the alternative news universe as well, being completely disconnected for a few weeks like that really helps to put a lot of things into perspective for me. And one of the things that I think is crystal clear in perspective after a vacation like that and getting away from all of this is what really matters at the end of the day, what really counts as success and why I'm actually proud of the Corbett Report. It's not necessarily for the reasons that some people might assume, and some of the things that might count as success for people who who are thinking about what success for a media entity like the Corporate Report might be. I mean, some of the things that might come to mind might be how many people are listening to the show or how many views a video gets or how many downloads a podcast has or how many people uh, tune in to each interview. Those might be the types of figures by which people might measure success, and I suppose in a certain way that that might have a point to it. It's not necessarily just about the numbers, but it's also about thinking about how many people it's reaching and and things like that, how much of an effect it's having on the world out there, which of course is ultimately the point of all of this. We we wouldn't be involved in in this and spreading this information if it wasn't for some some idea that this could have an effect and, and hopefully help to shape society for the better. I think anyone out there who's involved in spreading this information in any, in any way would understand that. But uh, there, there comes a point in which you realize it's like a computer game or something, and you can get excited by, oh, this video has so many views, and it becomes like points in a computer game or, or something to that effect. But obviously, at the end of the day, it's really ultimately not about that. And it doesn't matter if you're someone out there who's just uploading, you know, videos from your webcam up to YouTube and getting 20 views uh, per video, or if you're a major media entity that's getting millions of viewers every single day. It uh, it doesn't matter to that extent insofar as it's not really about just how many people physically view a video or how many people are physically tuned in to listen to what you have to say. It's how the people are engaged in that process and the quality of that experience so success is just not, I think, a question of how many people the corporate report is reaching. Although, having said that, I am constantly staggered to see how far my voice is spreading these days and how many people I am uh, I am reaching. And that is uh, something that I take as a great responsibility. Um, so it's not something I take lightly in any regard. Uh, success is also not how many accolades the, the website gets or how many times my name is mentioned or anything of that sort. As I constantly say on this program, and I hope people understand this is not just patter, this is not just rhetoric, this is something that is truly heartfelt, I have absolutely zero interest in in personal fame or credit or anything of that sort. 
I, I kind of look at that type of demeanor or that type of quest as as completely meaningless because ultimately if if and when this information and the type of things that we're talking about here ever becomes about me or any other individual media personality, I think it's at that very moment that we lose uh, whatever it is that we're trying to win here. Because it, if it is ever about a single person, a single person is A, going to be just a human being and thus full of folly and and I'm no better than anyone else in any regard and I'm not up here on a high horse saying that I'm I'm the way, the truth, and the light. Um, absolutely not. Uh, so in the event that it ever becomes about an individual person or a personality, to that extent we are going to lose because person people like that can be set up, they can be framed, they can be exposed in whatever way, and, and ultimately at the end of the day that's, uh, that's how so many movements are undermined because they have an identifiable leader and all you have to do is get rid of that leader to discredit anything that person is saying. So I don't envision myself as a leader, I don't want to be a leader, I don't want to be held up in some regard that I'm not worthy of. Um, I'm no saint, I'm just a person who's interested in some information and trying to get it out to the people, so this is not really about me. And uh, the funny thing is, of course, that the, the website is the Corbett Report, as if I'm trying to get my name out there, but really I, I just chose that name because it was the most neutral name that I could possibly think of for a news website that uh, didn't seem to have any particular agenda to it or any particular slant, so it was just something that I chose. And, of course, there's the uh, the big tradition of you know the, the Drudge Report, although that's certainly not something that I look up to, or the uh, uh, the Smoot Report, if you want to go back to that, and the, F the FBI whistleblower back in the day, and things like that. So it's just part of a tradition, the Blank Report, and I chose Corbett Report because it sounded fairly neutral. And uh, I, at the time, I did not even cross my mind that I would ever, ever be confused with the Colbert Report, but uh, obviously it has been by many people, but that's another story. Um, success also, I would like to point out, is not in being always right about everything that I'm saying. Uh, certainly not, because uh, even if I were to go back over the past five years of broadcasts and articles and videos that I've created, I would certainly not uh, agree with everything that I've said in the past. I've certainly changed my mind and changed my perspectives and changed the way that I've thought about the world over the years. So it's not always in necessarily being right about everything. I think, really, uh, that's not my quest. My quest is really to continue learning, growing, changing uh, my views and perspectives as needed and educating myself first and foremost. And that sounds a bit greedy, I suppose, or, or selfish, but ultimately this has to be a process of learning for myself, and hopefully with all of you out there listening in on that process, you too can share in that education and in that process of growth and learning and changing perspectives. And it doesn't always mean, of course, that we're uh, you and I and are out there are always going to agree on every issue, but I don't think it has to be like that. Uh, when I think about my friends and the people I know in my personal life, I can't think of a single one that I agree with on every subject or I'm always in accord with. Of course, uh, people have disputes and disagreements and things that they don't see eye to eye on. That doesn't mean that we can't you know, get along, I suppose, in the greater sense or at least understand the perspectives that people are coming from. So I think that success cannot be measured simply in being, oh, I was right about this, I was right about that. It has to be a process of well, I was able to learn and grow and change my perspective on that because I learned new information which helped me to maintain a different idea. So we've defined what success is not, but what about what success is? Well, ultimately, it comes down to the types of emails that I get once in a while 
from some random listeners out there, including people like uh, one of my personal friends of my mother, who uh, this friend was in her 80s a few years ago when she emailed me back when the Corbett Report was still relatively new and said uh, that she had heard things, uh, although she was intensely interested in politics and always listening to news shows and things of that sort, she had never heard anything like the information that was being presented on the Corbett Report, and it had really changed her mind and perspective on a number of things. And it's those type of emails, ultimately, that I really live for, and that is, I think, a real reflection of the true success of not the Corbett Report in particular, but really media, any media in general, the ability to reach people on that individual level and get them to look at new perspectives and new information in a different way. So on that note, we'll continue this fifth anniversary retrospective of the Corbett Report right after this break. You know it's time to get the bastards, prosecutors, Freemasons, and all the people in the shadows, as you see us, Max Pelplus, the hour of illumination, few and unknown, many and known. And we're back, friends. We're back here on Corporate Report Radio on this Monday evening for those of you stateside and this Tuesday afternoon for me here in Japan after having flown in from my European vacation literally just last night. So I may or may not be jet-lagged beyond uh, beyond all reason, and I don't know if I'm making any sense or just rambling on. I don't feel jet-lagged at all, remarkably enough, although maybe I'm just so tired that I can't even notice that I'm just rambling on without making any sense. But tonight we are reflecting on the fifth anniversary of the Corbett Report, which is maybe not the largest milestone in the world, but it is at, at any rate some type of milestone and one that I'd like to just spend a little moment r- ruminating on uh, because it has taken me five years to get here and, uh, well, I think it's something of an achievement in this day and age. And, uh, of course, this achievement is absolutely nothing without you out there listening in. And, of course, to those who are financially supporting the Corbett Report, I very obviously could not do this without you. And I am absolutely blessed and honored to have such an audience of people who believe enough in what I'm doing and the information that I'm presenting that uh, they are able to support me in that way. And, uh, and I know that that is, in itself, an incredible responsibility and one that, again, I do not take lightly. So, once again, when I say thank you, I truly do mean it. Without you guys out there, this, uh, this entire, well, this entire project would be completely meaningless, wouldn't it? It would just be me talking to myself. So once again, thank you all for tuning in. And ultimately, that is the point that I wanted to make tonight, that the success of the Corbett Report is not measured in how many views a video gets or how many downloads a podcast has or how many times the website gets mentioned or how many times my name gets held up or anything of that sort, which ultimately is of zero significance. The only thing that is of significance is... Really, the learning and the processing and the uh, the reflecting on and the spreading of the information that's contained in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of media that I've managed to create over the past five years, and once again, which would not be possible without your support out there. So, uh, so ultimately, as I was saying there before the break, success is measured in those types of emails that I occasionally get from some of the people out there who say that uh, they... They found the Corbett Report, and it challenged their ideas and their perceptions, but ultimately has provided them with new insights into the way the world really works. And what more could I possibly ask for than that? I don't necessarily ask that people believe what I'm saying or to, oh, please believe me, oh, you have to believe this. Absolutely not. It's up to each person out there to 
understand, interpret, and take on board this information in their own way, and of course to vet it for themselves. But uh, but ultimately, once they've done that, I do trust that they will start to see the world in di- in a different way, as I myself did when I first started encountering this information for myself. But on that note. Well, let's get to the uh, the part of the broadcast that I'm sure you're all waiting for. If you were following my Twitter feed earlier today when I started tweeting out once again at Corbett Report, uh, you will have noticed that I have mentioned that there is a DVD, a new DVD. And so to mark the fifth anniversary of the Corbett Report, we're going to do something special on the broadcast here this week. We're going to be giving away five copies of my forthcoming brand new DVD and uh, as people know, I'm sure by now, CorbettReport.com slash support is where you can go to get all of the Corbett Report DVDs, including the 2009 video archive, the 2010 video archive, and the Data DVD, which is a complete compilation of every single podcast, episode, article, and interview, and video that I created and conducted from 2007, the birth of the Corbett Report in June of 2007, until the end of 2008, Well, the next edition of the Data DVD, Data DVD Volume 2, which will be every single podcast episode, interview, article, and video created and conducted during 2009, is about to be released. I'm still working on putting it together behind the scenes and getting uh, the uh, labels all printed up and things of that sort. But it will be available for, uh, for sale from the website later this week. And that will be at the same price as the Daddy DVD Volume 1, which is 5,000 Japanese yen, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 U.S. dollars, which uh, for, I think, six, uh, 6 gigabytes or 7 gigabytes, somewhere in that range, an incredible amount of information, literally hundreds of hours of media once again. And, uh, and so to mark this fifth anniversary, <coughs> excuse me, we're going to be giving away five copies of that brand new DVD. So, we're going to give away the first one right here on the air tonight. So, to the first caller into the line, 1-800-313-9443, the first caller will receive a free copy of the forthcoming Data DVD Volume 2. So, once again, 1-800-313-9443, the first caller will get a free copy of the DVD. Just leave your name and contact email address and or physical address with the producer, Mike, behind the scenes, and uh, we'll get that shipped off to you once it's available. For everyone else out there who would like to order a copy of this, it will be available, as I say, on the website later this week at CorbettReport.com slash support. And, of course, for the subscribers to the newsletter, which comes out each Saturday, as always, there will be a discount for subscribers uh, for that DVD, as well as all of the other DVDs, a 25% discount. So you can get a 25% discount just for being a subscriber. Once again, details of how to subscribe to the newsletter are also at CorbettReport.com support. Once again, the first caller at 1-800-313-9443 will get a free copy of the DVD. So on that note, once again, let's take another short break, and after we recharge our batteries, we'll be back to continue with this fifth anniversary episode of Corbett Report Radio here on Republic Broadcasting. listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
right, welcome back to the program, friends. Welcome back once again, and thank you all once again for listening. And thank you to Brent in Wisconsin, who is the proud winner of the Data DVD Volume 2, the first one that we'll be giving away all week here on Corbett Report Radio. So stay tuned tomorrow night and every night here on the broadcast this week for your chance to win. There will be four more winners out there, so five in total, one for each year that the Corbett Report has been in existence. And yes, once again, this does mark the fifth anniversary of the Corbett Report, and uh, what a remarkable five years it's been for me here in Japan, and hopefully for you out there wherever you may be listening to my voice. And I don't want to belabor this too much, and I don't want to make too much of something that ultimately is of very little significance on the bigger scheme of things, but once again, it does not come that often that we get a milestone like this to mark the occasion. So I just wanted to take some time tonight to talk about what the real measure for success for something like the Corbett Report is, and ultimately I think that does come down to you out there and the way that uh, this information gets spread and gets understood and gets interpreted and gets uh, hopefully spread to others, and that's the type of effect that ultimately can't be measured. You can't uh, you can't have a, a video view uh, count or a Facebook-like count that really takes into account how this information is getting processed and filtered and understood and spread out to others and what kind of effect that ultimately has. Ultimately, we'll never really know what each uh, one of us is in, in capable of doing and what, uh, what ways that we've affected the world, but ultimately we have to do this in, the, in hopefully the knowledge that it is having an effect and that we are changing the game, so to speak, in some, in some fashion, in some way. And uh, once again, the uh, the Corbett Report Data DVD Volume Two, which will be available later this week, is another small contribution to that to that struggle to try to get this information out to more people. And as always, it will come with the uh, the proviso, the condition that it is 100% totally freely available for you to copy and to make uh, copies for others and to hand them out to your friends, to your family, to your neighbors, to complete and utter strangers in whatever fashion you think it will have the most effect. And uh, the only proviso that I would add to that is that obviously I, I would prefer if people did not try to uh, sell it for themselves, but uh, if you want to give it away freely, that is 100% and totally okay with me. So once again, the Corporate Report Data DVD Volume 2 will be available later this week from the website. But once again, I don't want to belabor this fifth anniversary too much or to harp on that too long. So let's get to what, of course, we're all here for, which is the information and the uh, the types of things that are going on in the world that uh, unfortunately have all too much of an effect on our daily lives. And one thing that you may have been hearing about in the news uh, recently, I certainly did when I was recently in England, is the, oh, it's the Diamond Jubilee for... Queen Elizabeth, oh yay, let's all go party like it's 1999 for this uh, this uh, disgusting, despicable war criminal who is uh, unfortunately in the position of being, well, that ruler who has been gifted uh, by God, I suppose, with the uh, the God-given right to rule over the, the subject peoples of the world, wherever they may be, and of course myself being a Canadian, I am theoretically, I suppose, under the purview of Her Majesty. So I suppose I should be going crazy and partying with everyone else over this momentous feat. Uh, uh, I found it kind of humorous that uh, Twitter user at Steve Dew 
commented on my uh, tweet that uh, this, this week marks the fifth anniversary of the Corbett Report. He said, uh, bigger deal than the Diamond Jubilee. Congrats. So I thought that was quite nice. So I've retweet, retweeted that. So uh, take a look at that on my Twitter account if you want. But uh, but on the note of the Diamond Jubilee, of course, uh, Stephen Harper, the, the venerable Canadian Prime Minister, is marking the occasion himself. Uh, well, not just himself. He's also taking... Uh, several staff members, of course, as well as his wife and children, and the Heritage Minister and uh, Governor General David uh, Governor General David Johnston, out to England to see the uh, the great concert that's going to be taking place at Buckingham Palace with the so-called musical knights, the Sir Paul McCartney and Sir Elton John and Sir Cliff Richards and whoever else is going to be there, are all gathering up to pay their tributes to this uh, this would-be ruler of people, and uh, they're going to be having some big gala concert at Buckingham Palace, and then Harper will be off to attend St. Paul's Cathedral, uh, the the big bash they'll be throwing there, and then there will be a luncheon with Her Majesty themsel- herself uh, that will be taking place later this week. So lots on the Prime Minister's agenda this week as he goes off to spend millions upon millions of dollars of Canadian taxpayers' money on this, uh, this very worthy project of celebrating the Queen, even as the, his government delivers an austerity budget, saying that all of the people out there, well, as I suppose in every other time in history, it's not really, not really any different today. The, uh, the rulers get to party and live their lavish, jet-setting lifestyles, where, while the people are asked to take fewer and fewer goodies uh, that are being handed out by the government. Well, on one hand, I suppose that's a good thing, because people should not become accustomed to goodies, a manna from heaven, as it were, from the government, which can only ever obtain its goodies from plundering uh, the, the the rightful ownership, the property of the people out there. All governments can do is rob from the people and then have the, the great magnanimity to distribute that to others. Well, that's not really magnanimity at all, but unfortunately, being in this system where for generations we've been accustomed to and uh, living on the government's teat, so to speak, suckling at the breast of mother government. Unfortunately, there are many people who are now in the position of being dependent on that, and so now these austerity budgets are asking people to tighten their belts for the good of the country while people like Prime Minister Stephen Harper does their jet-setting across the world to attend these royal galas at the uh, taxpayers' expense. So make of that what you will, but there's an interesting article that I was reading about this on Yahoo News of all places earlier today. Stephen Harper's obsession with the monarchy continues. So I'll uh, just put that in there, and it does go into a little bit about Harper and his government and how much money they've spent over the years and how much they've tried to uh, to put the Her Majesty front and center. And uh, I'll put that in the show notes for tonight's episode which, again, will be being posted later today after I get around to posting all of the other guest host episodes of this broadcast over the past few weeks. So that will be coming up in the next several hours on the website. And I'd also like to point your attention to a very interesting article that I managed to read. Uh, I didn't get to see much television, thankfully, I guess, while I was on vacation, but I did have the opportunity while sitting on various trains going across uh, Europe to read various newspapers and publications, and uh, even a little bit in French. I'm able to read French, although not really speak it, as was once again uh, demonstrated quite amply during my trip in France. But uh, I was able to read uh, Le Monde and Le Figaro, which I suppose I can do online, but it's just not something that you are accustomed to doing when you're sitting here uh, and uh, accustomed to reading in English. But I suppose I should do that more often. 
Unfortunately, not able to read in Italian, although I did manage to visit Italy, was not able to read any of the local newspapers because I am not so linguistically gifted. But one of the things that I did pick up was a copy of the New, State, New Statesman, which is a, a British publication, which features a uh, guest writer, John Pilger of johnpilger.com. I'm sure many of you know John Pilger's work, uh, the Australian filmmaker who's been making very interesting and very important documentaries for decades now. And uh, I would recommend his work as a whole. I certainly uh, may, may not agree with uh, his entire political perspective and, uh, and his ideas, but I certainly think that he has uh, quite a few things right, and he certainly is able to present them quite interestingly in his work. So I would recommend that you take a look at some of his documentaries. And uh, just as he was one of the very first people on the on the left side of the fake, phony political spectrum to come out and roundly criticize Obama as basically being the latest brand of toothpaste that the, uh, the Wall Street and and uh, Madison Avenue people were trying to sell to the public uh, just a brand of hope and change that meant absolutely nothing, which he came out and, and was saying in the very, very early days of the Obama administration when it was still quite untrendy to say so. Well, uh, he had a recent editorial in The New Statesman that I thought was extremely, uh, extremely interesting and on point. And uh, it starts with a, the headline, Never Forget That Bradley Manning, Not Gay Marriage, Is the Issue. And although I do, of course, have my reservations about WikiLeaks and what that all amounts to, I thought that the point of this article was quite quite well taken. So I will read some of it to you here today. It starts, quote, In the week Barack Obama received the Nobel Peace Prize in 2009, he ordered bombing attacks on Yemen, killing a reported 63 people, 28 of them children. When Obama recently announced he supported same-sex marriage, American planes had not long blown 14 Afghan civilians to bits. In both cases, the mass murder was barely news. What mattered were the cynical vacuities of a political celebrity, the product of a zeitgeist driven by the forces of consumerism and the media with the aim of diverting the struggle for social and economic justice. The award of the Nobel Prize to the first black president because he offered hope was both absurd and an authentic expression of the lifestyle liberalism that controls much of political debate in the West. Same-sex marriage is one such distraction. No, no issue diverts attention as successfully as this. Not the free vote in Parliament on lowering the age of gay consent promoted by noted libertarian and war criminal Tony Blair. Not the cracks in glass ceilings that contribute nothing to women's liberation and merely amplify the demands of bourgeois privilege. Legal obstacles should not prevent people marrying each other, regardless of gender, but this is a civil and private matter. Bourgeois acceptability is not yet a human right. The rights historically associated with marriage are those of property, capitalism itself. Elevating the right of marriage above the right to life and real justice is as profane as seeking allies among those who deny, deny life and justice to so many, from Afghanistan to Palestine. On the 9th of May, hours before his Damascene de declaration on same-sex marriage, Obama sent out messages to campaign donors making his new position clear. He asked for money. In response, according to the Washington Post, his campaign received a massive surge of contributions. The following evening, with the news now dominated by his conversion, he attended a fundraising party at the Los Angeles home of the actor George Clooney. Hollywood, reported the Associated Press, is home to some of the most high-profile backers of gay marriage, and the 150 donors who were paying $40,000 to attend Clooney's dinner will no doubt feel invigorated by Obama's watershed announcement the day before. The Clooney party is expected to raise a record $15 million for Obama's re-election, 
and will be supported by yet another fundraiser in New York, sponsored by gay and Latino Obama supporters. The width of a cigarette paper separates the Democratic and Republican parties on economic and foreign policies. Both represent the super-rich and the impoverishment of a nation from which trillions of tax dollars, tax dollars have been transferred to a permanent war industry and banks that are little more than criminal enterprises. Obama is as reactionary and violent as George W. Bush, and in some ways he is worse. His personal speciality is the use of hellfire missile-armed drones against defenseless people. Under cover of a partial withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan, he has spent U.S. special forces he has sent U.S. Special Forces to 120 countries where death squads are trained. He has revived the old Cold War on two fronts, against China in Asia and with a shield of missiles aimed at Russia. The first black president has provided, presided over the incarceration and surveillance of greater numbers of black people than were enslaved in 1850. He has prosecuted more whistleblowers, truth-tellers, than any of his predecessors. His vice president, Joe Biden, a zealous warmonger, has called WikiLeaks editor Julian Assange a high-tech terrorist. Biden has also converted to the cause of gay marriage. And while well, end the uh, the quote there, but you can go on and read it for yourself. He goes on to talk about Bradley Manning and the rather interesting uh, irony of the fact that Bradley Manning, of course, is an openly gay soldier who is being prosecuted by the Obama administration as some sort of terrorist for allegedly, at any rate, leaking those documents. The your, uh, the diplomatic journals and all of that to WikiLeaks. And once again, there's a lot behind that and the spectacle of WikiLeaks and what that really is. But I think that the underlying point of the article is well taken, that all of this uh, political football nonsense that gets the headlines over the very real war crimes and atrocities that are continuing to be perpetuated by administration after administration on both the left and the right ad nauseum well, it should not be so surprising to anyone who has been listening to uh, the corporate report for the past five years or who has been paying attention to the news for even longer. But unfortunately, it is still quite sickening to hear that that is still taking place and that people still buy into it so readily. Oh, look, it's a black president who supports gay marriage. Therefore, he's loving liberal manna from heaven and we must vote for him over the vile Mitt Romney. Or the Romney supporters, oh, we must support Romney because he's Republican and he represents our team and he's against that evil black president. And ultimately it becomes about the political football issues and as John Pilger, I think, quite rightly notes, the width of the cigarette paper separates the Democratic and Republican parties on economic and foreign policies. As it has been said many times before by many people more eloquent than I, two Two wings of the same bird of prey are necessary to keep that bird of prey moving towards the goal, which unfortunately is to continue the wars of aggression and domination and the wars for imperial conquest, because that's ultimately what it all amounts to. And you can put whatever term you want on it, whether that be the New World Order or anything of that sort, but ultimately all it amounts to is the same quest that tyrants throughout history have always had, which is the, uh, the madness that comes when people think that they have the ability to take complete and total charge over the world. And that's ultimately what this amounts to. It's the same idea that has ignited the fire in the minds of so many tyrants. And the only answer to that, of course, is liberty, true cognitive independence. 
the type that we've been talking about here on this broadcast since its inception several months ago, and of course on the Corbett Report generally over the past five years. So once again, I think none of this will be particularly new to any of you, and of course I do have my misgivings about John Pelger's obvious socialist leanings, but uh, but I think if we can extract those uh, those particular points from that article, I think we can at least see that the underlying point of that is well taken indeed, that Obama is just yet another warmonger, warmonger wearing a different mask, but uh, ultimately it's the same person underneath. And it's always the same people that, that are really puppeteering these puppets. And on that note, of course, we have just seen the passing of yet another Bilderberg conference, and I have yet to really get into any of the coverage of that. I know there's a lot out there and a lot of wrap-ups and things that are taking place right now. So I will be immersing myself in that in the next couple of days to see what nuggets have emerged from this year's annual conference of the would-be rulers of the world. But whatever it is that they've uh, they've decided, these so-called self-appointed elite, I'm sure it will be at least interesting to note what uh, what's going on behind the scenes. And I have already seen, to some extent, the indication that there was quite a bit of protest going on outside. So once again, my hat's off to everyone who was out there doing that, and who was literally, from what I can tell, shaking the walls of the hotel where they were meeting to uh, to formulate their plans for world domination literally shaking the walls with the uh, daisy chain of loudspeakers that they had set up to try to bullhorn them. And good on everyone out there who was doing that. And on that note, let's take another short break, and we'll be back to wrap up this fifth anniversary edition of Corporate Report Radio right after this. All right, friends, welcome back. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. Once again, I am your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and I am back from vacation. So as I indicated at the beginning of tonight's show, the Corbett Report generally will be getting back online and getting back into the swing of things in the next day or two. And uh, as I noted earlier in the broadcast, I will be putting up the last 15 of the uh, the radio shows that took place in my absence. And once again, thank you so much to all of you for tuning in, and thank you to the guest hosts for, for doing such a great job while I was away. I'm looking forward to listening to each and every one of those uh, those broadcasts that took place in my absence. And as I say, that will be getting up on the website over the next several hours. So once again, CorporateReport.com will be returning to uh, business as usual, as it were. And, uh, and once again, thank you for hanging on with me tonight as I uh, jet la- am jet-lagged and uh, tongue-tied. And as you might be able to tell, my voice is fading already. Perhaps I've, I've uh, stepped away from the microphone for long enough that uh, my, my vocal cords have returned to normal. So I'm not used to, uh, to, to talking so much, I suppose, which is a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing to, to shut up and just reflect for a little while, which I certainly had time to do in Europe. So it was... Definitely worth doing. And as I mentioned, I did get to France and Italy. And uh, on that note, uh, there won't be really any anything to share with uh, with you out there, except I did record a, a little bit of a video at the Colosseum in Rome. 
that will be available for the subscribers to the newsletter um, once a month, of course, as you may or may not know. As the newsletter goes out, it contains a subscriber-only video. So this this month's subscriber-only video will contain uh, some footage from the Colosseum in Rome and uh, a little bit of commentary from me. So, once again, you can look forward to that if you are a subscriber. If you are not yet a subscriber, why why not become one? CorbettReport.com slash support, and you can subscribe to the newsletter for as little as 100 Japanese yen a month. That's about a dollar a month, just a little over one dollar a month. So, uh, I'm hoping that's, uh, that's not too much to ask, and that really does uh, help me greatly. So, thank you once again to all of the subscribers out there. And, of course, that goes out every Saturday, so this Saturday's edition will contain that video. And on that note, as I was saying earlier in the broadcast, and what I think is really the take-home from today's episode, is that uh, that ultimately the success of the Corbett Report over the past five years is not measured in, in views or downloads or accolades or anything of that sort. It is really measured in the type of experience that you guys out there are having when you listen to this, and hopefully learning and uh, and growing and changing your perspectives uh, and taking information on board and vetting it for yourself, as always, because if you don't do this research for yourself and if you don't check what it is that I'm saying and, and look at the sources and, and examine things for yourself, then, then I think ultimately that's missing the point, because that is the point. That's what this is about. It's about learning and understanding things for yourself and on your own time. So uh, hopefully, once again, tonight's broadcast, as with every other uh, piece of media that I create, is just the starting point for all of you out there to begin expanding your mind and expanding your horizons in whatever way, shape, or form that uh, that takes. And uh, and once again, this uh, this broadcast is only one of the many ways that you can uh, you can find out there that uh, that that will help you to achieve that different perspective. I also have articles, interviews, and videos, and as I say, the brand new forthcoming data DVD will contain every single piece of media that I created and conducted in 2009. Once again, um, hundreds of hours of media there for your listening, viewing, and reading pleasure, and that will be available from the website later this week. And on that note, we'll leave it there for now. Once again, thank you for listening in, and continue to listen in for the rest of the week as we will continue giving away DVDs uh, uh, for the in memory of, uh, and to mark the occasion of the fifth anniversary of the Corporate Report. So until tomorrow night, thank you all for listening, and take care.